Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Friday afternoon to you. I hope your weekend's off to a great start. Thanks for joining us on Sports for CLE. I'm Dave Bacon. A little later in the show, we will be joined by Spencer Schultz from the SB Nation Baltimore Beatdown. We will talk plenty of Ravens with Spencer. We're going to begin, though, by talking some Browns and some Cavs with the D-man, Dennis Maniloff. So uh, it was announced training camp, uh, getting ready to go for the Browns. July 28th, they will begin with two practices that are not open to the public, but July 30th will be the first of 12 practices that are open to the public. you got to go through a lottery to get tickets. Let's welcome in the D-man, Dennis Maniloff. Uh, Dennis, I cannot remember a more anticipated training camp uh, for the Cleveland Browns, and, and I go back quite a ways. I'm an older guy. I go back quite a ways with the Browns. Uh, it's good that the fans will get, get out and be able to see this training camp. Yeah, let's keep our fingers crossed with the way things are happening in this country. It's been cases, uh, you know, we trust the Browns to figure it out, and I, I can't wait for fans to be able to see it. I do remember anticipation a couple years ago, Dave, uh, for the 2019 Browns. And, you know, that didn't turn out too well. But I, I get your point. I mean, this has a better feel than to go because uh, of what they're coming off of. They're coming off of a highly successful season as opposed to in 2018, a losing season. So, yeah, they, the, the season can't get here fast enough. Therefore, training camp can't get here fast enough. The other difference is, is um... You know, the front office that was here in 2019 and, and the coaching staff did not have a, a, a real proven record. You were going on kind of a half season, and uh, John Dorsey was still give him credit for assembling some talent. A, a little bit different feel with just the entire, um, the entire feel of the franchise, let's be honest. It, it looks like it's headed in the right direction, finally. Yeah, it, it, it does. I'm glad does deserve credit for the some of the pieces on this roster. I'm not exactly sure how many, uh, but you know he shouldn't be forgotten uh, because he did acquire some quality players who are still going for the Browns. Um, 
but it, it is remarkable to think not long ago how the Browns were viewed as a toxic waste dump, <laughs> you know, a garbage disposal, mocked nationally. Players supposedly didn't want to get anywhere near Cleveland as a destination. The Haslam's Lulis. Uh, all that was not that long ago. I mean, Dave, I was there when a head coach of an NFL team jumped in the lake, albeit for charity, but Hugh Jackson in Lake Erie in Bay Village uh, after growing. So to go from that to this in relatively short period of time is nothing short of remarkable. All right, let's uh, let's turn our attention. Best pass protecting offensive lines um, ranked: Browns number one, Packers number two, Cardinals number three, Ravens down at fourteen, and the Pittsburgh Steelers thirty-one. And, and let's not forget to mention their quarterback Ben Roethlisberger, not very mobile. Dave, where are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers ranked? Uh, they are somewhere between four and ten. I didn't see the exact spot, but they're they're ranked okay. up there decently. I mean, they looked awfully good to me last year in the Super Bowl, and everybody's back. So I, I think has got to be mentioned among the elite uh, pass blocking lines. I, I can see why the Browns line is getting love because that front five, you know, as long as it stays healthy from left to right, you know, Wills, Batonio, Treader, um, Teller, and then uh, Conklin, it's tremendous. And they're all good individual pieces put them together better. Uh, the Browns have a few guys who you could sub in for, for quality if need be. But that, that front five is the reason why, you know, they they get the ranking and they get the love and I'm sure Baker Mayfield would agree that he's got arguably the best line in, in the NFL. But uh, the Chiefs line, I know they've reshuffled the deck and it'll be fine, especially with Mahomes being able to cover for, for sins when they occur because of his mobility. You mentioned the Steelers. I mean, it's no surprise with the guys that they've lost on that line and yeah, they brought in some decent pieces, but uh, you would think it would take a while for this line to have continuity, and you're trying to learn on the fly, chemistry and continuity on the fly for a very immobile quarterback. So a uh, big challenge for the Steelers O-line, and quite frankly, I, I couldn't care less. <laughs> and, and I'm corrected. Uh, Tampa Bay 16th. Remember, it's, it's based on pass block win rates. So uh, Tampa Bay was 16th in that. All right, so um, similar line of thought. This is ESPN, uh, their rankings of the top interior offensive linemen. This is voted on by players, executives, front office types, um, and again, interior. So we're talking basically guards and centers. Number one, Quentin Nelson, uh, the Colts. Number two, Zach Martin from the Cowboys. Number three, Brandon Schreff from the Washington football team, Frank Ragnow from Detroit is four. Joel Batonio ranks number five. So Batonio in the top five. I mean, I certainly agree with that. I was waiting for you to mention Wyatt Teller as well. 
Um, you know, anybody who's gone up against Teller would probably vote him high on the list. Obatonio's a rock. He's been been there for a while, and uh, you're just a super steady pro. And yeah, I, it wouldn't surprise me on any list I see of highly ranked offensive lines or offensive guards uh, to have Batonio on Treader up there, no shock at all. I mean, excuse me, Batonio and, and Teller, and then Treader, uh, he, to me, he's the most underrated player on the Browns by far. And I know in the locker room, they rate him highly. So they would say, well, what do you mean? He's, he, he's not underrated to us. But when outsiders talk about the success of the Cleveland Browns specifically, uh, Treader doesn't get mentioned as much, nearly as much as he should. And think about his warrior mentality last year. I mean, he was banged up. He was injured. He was playing with injuries that uh, I'm fairly sure would have sacked a lot of guys or sidelined a lot of guys. This dude's the embodiment of toughness. He's incredibly smart. And, um, you know, I, I, I think the world of, of Brown center J.C. Treader. Yeah, I would agree. I think he's underrated and, and probably deserves to be thought of a little bit better. Just a tough guy and, and uh, does a lot of the line calls and kind of that thinking man's lineman that might get overlooked a little bit. All right, so you mentioned Wyatt Teller. He was um, also receiving votes, so uh, an honorable mention in this rankings. Take a listen to what wait, an AFC wait, take a listen wait, to what an AFC that. defensive player said about him. Came out of nowhere, tries to punish people, like his style. That's the whole Browns offensive line. It's good. That's an AFC defensive player. Go ahead, D-Man. Yeah, I'm sorry to jump in. I was going to say, uh, all right, we, we were, we're gradually building a motivational tape for Cleveland Browns players. I think we had Tannenbaum for Baker. This week we've got others receiving votes for Wyatt Teller. I want him to plaster that on his locker. Okay, you, you said I'm just a, I'm an other receiving votes. All right, you'll see. Keep in mind, those are the guys that don't have to go against them. You you saw what, what one of the uh, AFC defensive players said about Wyatt Teller. All right, uh, same line of thinking, um, AFC or uh, NFL execs, top 10 offensive tackles. And it goes uh, number one, Trent Williams. Number two, David Bakhtiari from the Green Bay Packers. Laramie Tunsil from Houston um, was three. Also receiving votes there was Jack Conklin. And again, um, I think the thing is they didn't say his skill set is off the charts, but he's just a uh, a guy that's kind of relentless and just keeps after it. And I think Jack Conklin might be a little underrated as well. That's a good point uh, because Jed was a lot of last year, and rightly so. Seemed like he got a little more attention maybe even than Conklin did, but. They're bull. Conklin, the veteran, he's nasty, he's good. He, I mean, he's really good at what he does. He's physical. And, and, and you know, to have those guys as the bookends, uh, Wills and Conklin, it's tremendous for the Browns. And the other part about it, too, that, that's so fascinating is Conklin can go, he could go to left tackle in a, in the blink of an eye, and Wills could go to right tackle in the blink of an eye if need be. So these guys are incredibly versatile on top of being uh, – very talented.
Yeah, and, and the scheme that uh, Kevin Stefanski and the Browns run perfectly fits Jack Conklin. Uh, that's one of the things that's been equally impressive is um, they don't ask guys to do things that aren't in their wheelhouse, and I think that's a sign of good coaching, good organization. Yeah, and, and they're obviously well coached by the legendary Bill Callahan and, and his schemes. And, um, you know, I'm glad you mentioned the, the, the what you did about the blocking schemes because we talk about Baker Mayfield praising his offensive line. Well, of course, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt would praise him as well. The D-man, Dennis Maniloff, and I are going to step aside, take a quick timeout. On the other side of the break, uh, we have a voicemail of truth and reason on Colin Cowherd. And uh, we'll also hear Colin Cowherd's thoughts on the Brown Super Bowl window. Is it open? Is it closing? Sports for CLE will be right back. Stay with us. Life is starting to get back on track, and you can too. If you or your family have experienced financial hardship as a result of COVID-19, Tri-C can help with full tuition assistance. Safely get the in-demand degree or training you need with online and on-campus classes. Go to tric-edu to check out our programs and resources. So what are you waiting for? Register now for summer classes. Tri-C is where futures begin. When it comes to selling you a mattress, most retailers are handing you a line. A long line of extra steps that drive up costs and create confusion. At the Original Mattress Factory, we simplify the mattress shopping experience by building mattresses and box springs in our own local factories and selling them direct to you. It's short, sweet, and simply makes sense. So experience more than just a mattress store. Experience an original, the Original Mattress Factory. for CLE continues. I'm Dave Bacon. Yesterday we heard Colin Cowherd kind of do a little two-step, little zigzag with the uh, projected win totals that he had for the Browns uh, this year. Uh, we've got a voicemail of truth and reason on that very topic. Hello, this is Troy Kozlowski calling from Cleveland. Um, just heard your segment today about Colin uh, Cowherd. Uh, I call him a coward. Anyways, I heard uh, his segment, you guys' segment on uh, him contradicting himself. That guy is a walking contradiction. Um, he's the biggest Cleveland sports hater that I know of, um, him and Stephen A. Smith. And I uh, just wanted to touch a little bit on, on, you know, I think that guy, I think when he goes to sleep at night, I think he dreams about the Browns. Um, I think really he loves us but he doesn't want to admit it. Go Browns.
Love your guys' show. Dog check. Over and out. Woof, woof. All right, Troy uh, from the voicemail of Truth and Reason. D-Man, I think um, he is an entertainer being Colin Coward, and I think he realizes in the Browns fan base he's got one that is loyal and loud. We like Colin Coward, man. He constantly provides us with material and stuff to chew on. Uh, I, I got no issues with with the guy because he is a, a steady flow uh, when it comes Browns, yeah, he does seem to spend an inordinate amount of time talking about the Browns and about the Bake Show, probably because he knows how rabid the fan base is, yep. and he's heard from the fan base. You know, if he talked a lot about other teams in the some other teams in the NFL who don't have uh, quite the uh, the following that the Browns do, then it probably wouldn't be nearly as interesting, even if he was saying provocative stuff. So, um, you know, it doesn't surprise me whenever Coward says something about the Browns, but I have no issues with it either because we get to talk about it. Yeah, and and you know what? There is always – I don't always agree with it. In fact, I usually don't agree with it. But I can see there are at least some shreds of truth and reasoning in in the points that he's doing. Having said that, um, here's – Colin Coward about the Browns Super Bowl window from today. Let's listen. I think it's partially open. I can't see Baker Mayfield hoisting a Super Bowl trophy. He did have 11 TDs and one pick over his last six games last year. So I think Stefanski understands what he can do and what he can't, so it's partially open. D-Man, if I was better with Photoshop, you know Baker Mayfield would have a Lombardi trophy held high in the air just so we could show it to Colin Coward. Um, I, I get where where he's going, uh, but again, I, I, um, I don't agree, even a little. Yeah, here's the thing. I wouldn't mind it at all if the Cleveland Browns uh, won the Super Bowl and they said afterwards, we have Colin Coward to thank for motivating <laughs> us. I'd be like, Colin, thank you so much for motivating my favorite NFL team toward winning a Super Bowl. Uh, but as far as the window, I mean, it better be open right now. I mean, I don't want the Browns to go into this season thinking, oh, you know what, maybe we get to the AFC title game or maybe we get past, you know, we, you know, the division round or what have you. No, the goal should be get to the Super Bowl and win. Uh, when you look at viable AFC contenders, you, know, you try to step back. Even us, even those of us in Cleveland, try to step back and say, "Okay, what rosters could you foresee representing the AFC in the upcoming Super Bowl?" The Browns are one of those teams. You know, along with the Ravens, uh, of course, the Chiefs, the Bills, uh, maybe the Titans, but the Browns are on the relative short list so to me once you come to that conclusion that means your window is wide open to chase the the super bowl and as far as when it closes i mean we'll know soon enough you know when when the browns are unable to keep certain guys or performance lags but right now uh i I wouldn't say it's partially open i'd say it's wide open 
Yeah, and, and the other thing is it's one of the younger rosters. You, you've got guys that are ascending. You don't have you don't have a lot of guys on the other side of 30. Heck, you don't have a lot of guys on the other side of 25 or 28 um, on this roster. So I I would uh, that would be why I would disagree with that. All right. Um, Bleacher Report, biggest concern for every NFL team before the season begins. And for the Browns, this is one I know you're going to like. It's managing expectations. I mean, yeah, I totally agree. That, uh, the standard answer every time that kind of question comes up or that kind of statement comes up is injuries, you know, health. Every team in the NFL, their biggest concern is staying healthy. But assuming that, let's say, every team magically stays 100% healthy, then what is the concern for the for the Browns? And uh, if part of it, without question, is not believing the hype, not thinking that you just roll out there, you know, uh, put on the helmet, pat win, thinking that anybody's going to hand you anything. The Browns have to remember they haven't won a division in, in you know, eons. Uh, they, they haven't – they're not defending anything. Uh, so if they keep that kind of mindset and that kind of mental sharpness, mental toughness, uh, they can solve that managing expectation problem. I would also – you know, the ability of this offense to – score against quality teams and that of course means that I'm still bothered by 22 to 17 against the Chiefs in the AFC wildcard round because um or was it divisional round I'm sorry divisional round no matter what we said about the Browns defense last year and there was plenty to be said plenty to be desired the fact of the matter is in part because a large part because Mahomes only played two and a half quarters. The bottom line is the Browns needed to score 23 points to win. That's it. And they didn't do it. So I, I think this offense has to prove that it can score against quality defenses. All right. That leads me to my next question for you. So if I could give you one wish for this year's team that would magically make the Browns reach the Super Bowl and potentially win it. What would that be? What would you say if the Browns do this, they're going to be in real good shape? Well, well, again, an obvious answer. If the Bake Show uh, continues his ascension and improves on last year, uh, I, I think the Browns have a chance to go really far. And as of this moment, I have faith in Baker Mayfield. Uh, but to get off the obvious answer of Baker and the – the also obvious answer, well, I, you know, my wish is to see the Brown offense clicking on all cylinders. I, I'm going to say on the defensive side, my wish is for a fully healthy Miles Garrett and a fully healthy Jadavion Clowney. I would love to see what those two guys do if granted Full health. And we know in the NFL, full health is a relative term. <laughs> you know, they, they basically are at 80% the entire year, even when they're uh, entirely healthy because of the, the pounding that, that their, their bodies take uh, from the jump, even from camp, let alone the first game of the season. But 
relative health if it's there for Clowney and uh, Miles. That's my wish because I can't imagine how much havoc they could wreck on the quarterback. Yeah, I would not want to be an opposing quarterback if both those guys are healthy and can get after it. The D-man, Dennis Maniloff, and I can step aside to take a quick timeout. On the other side of the break, is Joe Woods under pressure this year? We'll take a look at that. I'll explain what I mean by that. Sports for CLE will be right back. Stay with us. Better days are ahead. Be ready with the training you'll need to get a great job. If you or your family has experienced financial hardship as a result of COVID-19, try seeking help with full tuition assistance. Whether you want to improve your skills, get certified, or train for a new career, go to try.c.edu to check out our programs and resources. So what are you waiting for? Register now for online and on-campus summer classes. Tri-C is where futures begin. When it comes to selling you a mattress, most retailers are handing you a line. A long line of extra steps that drive up costs and create confusion. At the Original Mattress Factory, we simplify the mattress shopping experience by building mattresses and box springs in our own local factories and selling them direct to you. It's short, sweet, and simply makes sense. So experience more than just a mattress store. Experience an original, the Original Mattress Factory. COVID-19 has changed how we show up and show out with our family. Now it's time to take the first step that lets us get back to talking smack with the side of mac and cheese. Before we can safely come together, we need the facts. As COVID-19 vaccines become available, you may have questions. Should I get it? Is it safe? Should I wait? It's smart to question. Now, get the facts at GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision when vaccines are available to you. Welcome back to Sports for CLE. I'm Dave Baker. We continue talking Browns football with the D-man, Dennis Maniloff. So, Dennis, last year I thought Baker Mayfield was uh, under a little bit of pressure because the Browns went out in the offseason and they gave him everything. They gave him a, a, a right tackle in free agency, a left tackle at number 10 draft. They signed a really good tight end. This year I think Joe Woods is under pressure. The Browns went out and completely overhauled that defense. It needed to be, and and Joe Woods, to his credit, didn't say much about, you know, oh, we're undermanned, we're under this, we're under that. Is Joe Woods under pressure because the Browns went out and, and got so much on the defensive side of the ball? Yeah, you could definitely say that. Dave, I think that to a man and a woman, you know, in the case of the Browns, uh, they would all say, the entire staff over there would say they're under pressure, and that's the way it should be. I mean, you're in the NFL. We hear about NFL standing for not for long for the players. Well, it can also that also applies to coaches and coaching staffs. So, you're going to win and you're going to perform. So, Safansky would probably say, hey, I'm under pressure to win this year. Uh, even though pretty sure that they'd stick with him even if this season was rough. Uh, Joe Woods would, would probably say the same and say, I welcome it. You know, I, I want to be under pressure. I want uh, expectations to be sky high for this defense. Yes, I've gotten a lot of gifts under the tree, you know, and, and I'm going to sprinkle them around the field and hopefully get some guys back from uh, injury as well. 
So the expectation is that this defense is going to be different. And, and, and I, I see Joe Woods is a, a very bright guy and obviously knows uh, his football, knows his defense. And I want to see him with the weapons at his disposal. I, I want to see what he can do. What kind of a defense is it going to be? Uh, is it, you know, what kind of attacking defense is it going to be? Uh, how is he going to utilize uh, the quote unquote playmakers? What's he, what's the, uh, the, the, the three look like? Is those uh, four, two, five setups that we keep hearing about? What are his sub packages going to look like? Is he going to put uh, seven guys on the line, you know, <laughs> Uh, occasionally, a la Buddy Ryan, you know, mix a little 46 in there, uh, turn his linebackers loose every once in a while. How about some zone drops? You know, I'd like, I'd be fascinated to see Miles and Jadavion Clowney drop their game. So um, there are all kinds of possibilities. But as far as Woods being under pressure, I would say, yeah, but it's no different than any other coach. So um, we'll move on. CBSSports.com. Um, rookies drafted after day one, so after the first round, who could earn key roles. And, and they had it for everybody. And uh, for the Browns, this one's not a surprise. Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa. 100%. You know, as soon as I saw that in our pre-show meeting, Dave, I'm like, you know, that's that's the joker right there. I mean, he he's a guy who... I know he said on draft night or when he was drafted, you know, the second day, he, he said, listen, I, I don't need all that outside stuff and I don't have to take names as to who was drafted ahead of me because I have intrinsic motivation, which is fine. But I also think it, it's going to gnaw at him that, that he was a second-day pick and, uh, um, you know, he'll, he'll be flying around the field. I, my expectations for him are sky high. Uh, maybe that you know they're too high. Uh, I got to be realistic, I guess. But because I liked him so much at Notre Dame, and because he jumped off the TV screen whenever I watched Notre Dame play, I'm thinking, all right, I want to see that the NFL level. It might take some time, but what have we what have we been starving for, Dave Bacon, here in Cleveland? As we uh, those of us who observe the Browns especially on the defensive side. Guys who fly around the field, sideline to sideline guys who just figure out ways to make plays. Maybe they don't fit size-wise in a certain mold or whatever, but they're just ball players. They're just football players. That sounds cliche, but you use it to describe guys Like You go out there and you figure out ways to wreck havoc on the game. And I can already see Owusu Koromoa, if he does what I think he, he's capable of, I can already see him being a factor in the two Ravens games when it comes time to hem in Lamar Jackson. Yeah, he brings speed and athleticism. Those are two things that uh, you want in the middle of the defense that – Browns were a little lacking um, a, a season ago. All right, so also from the Bleacher Report, this one's a little interesting. Trade packages for Zaven Howard. That's cornerback from Miami. Um, wants a contract extension, may end up getting traded. So this one, in there were six of them. One of them involves the Browns. 
Browns trade 2022 second and fourth round picks and greedy Williams to the Dolphins for Zaven Howard. You're laughing because I think you like that, D-Man. I mean, if I'm the Browns, I, yeah, but there's no way the Dolphins do that deal. No chance. I mean, Greedy Williams as a as a centerpiece type? I mean, maybe you say the draft picks are more important, but if I'm the Dolphins and I'm entertaining offers, I'm not interested in Greedy Williams. I, I got to see Greedy Williams play. Uh, you know, an NFL game again before I invest in him at all. So, uh, you know, Howard is a terrific player. Um, I, I don't think that is a realistic possibility, number one, because I don't think it's good enough for the Dolphins, uh, that kind of package. But number two, uh, the Browns have to be thinking about, you know, the bottom line. They have to be thinking about dollars and cents here. And you know, you bring in a Howard, and you, you, you're already dealing with you, – you got a big contract with Miles, and you got Odell you're thinking about, and uh, he's already under a big contract, and Jarvis, and Baker's coming up, and Chubb, and then Denzel. So I, I don't know that that would make, uh, you know, the fiscal sense. But, sure, if I could rob the uh, uh, the Dolphins of Howard, I, I'd fleece them like that, I would. Yeah, the other thing is, is uh, some of these national – people that are coming up with these trades are looking at the Browns salary cap which is one of them they have more room under the cap than most teams but the Browns are probably going to use that as they roll it into signing long-term deals with Baker Mayfield Nick Chubb Denzel Ward Wyatt Teller so that's why they have that space in the cap it's going to help them sign um, their extension eligible guys uh, the D-man right. and I Dennis Maniloff going to step aside take one more time out on the other side of the break the Hall of Shame for the last 20 years for the Browns. We'll have a little fun with that. Sports for CLE will be right back. Stay with us. When it comes to selling you a mattress, most retailers are handing you a line, a long line of extra steps that drive up costs and create confusion. At the Original Mattress Factory, we simplify the mattress shopping experience by building mattresses and box springs in our own local factories and selling them direct to you. It's short, sweet, and simply makes sense. So experience more than just a mattress store. Experience an original, the Original Mattress Factory. At Social Security, we are always thinking of ways to save you time and make things easier. That's why we created My Social Security. A My Social Security account allows you to access your earnings history and benefits information, request a replacement Social Security card, get a proof of income letter, estimate and apply for benefits, and more. Save time. Go online. Open a My Social Security account at ssa.gov slash myaccount. Social Security. Securing today and tomorrow. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense.
Sports for CLE continues. I'm Dave Bacon. We continue talking Browns football with the D-man, Dennis Maniloff. Dennis, uh, this is one I thought you'd have some fun with. Dog Pound Daily, Hall of Shame for the last 20 years. It's a list of 10. I'm going to go 10 through 5 and then the top four. So 10, Brady Quinn, quarterback. 9, Dante Stallworth, wide receiver. 8, Deshaun Kaiser, quarterback. 7, Corey Coleman, wide receiver. 6, Justin Gilbert, cornerback. Five, Brandon Whedon, quarterback. So there's your first uh, run at that. And, and my line of thinking, I think Justin Gilbert should have been a whole lot higher uh, because he was an eighth pick in the draft. But a lot of quarterbacks on that list. I agree. And I have to have a, a full mea culpa every time Brandon Whedon is mentioned. I thought he was a guy the Browns would uh, – I wanted the Browns to take him. I thought he would have a – good NFL career I never predicted greatness but uh weeds just flopped and uh and that's a stain on my uh ability to project college to pro uh because I just thought he, he had the cannon arm and he could sling it around the yard especially in the uh inclement weather but yeah I, I agree with you about Justin Go and in in the flop I mean at least he was a, a, a 20s Right. pick in the uh, first round um but yeah justin gilbert I, I can't wait to hear who's ahead of him <laughs> oh you 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 can think of some of these all right so four courtney brown i got two three yep three is trent richardson two dwayne bow <laughs> dwayne bow and then <laughs> number one johnny manzel <laughs> yeah i i mean i i don't see how you argue Manziel as number one uh, most infamous uh, Hall of Shame uh, Bo just a ridiculous tenure in Cleveland um, so I, I actually don't have a problem with Bo being number two uh, Trent yeah I mean Trent and, and Whedon were, were supposed to do damage you know those first round picks that year they were supposed to do damage for the Browns got off to a promising start and then fizzled the Trent was weird too because he came out of Alabama and I mean he looked really good you know he he did I mean anybody who claims that they were sure that Trent Richardson was going to flop in the NFL I, I you know I, I disagree I I don't think you're telling the truth because the Browns were universally praised as I recall Dave tell me correct me yeah. if I'm wrong Nope. for drafting Trent Richardson and yep. you know he came from Saban and everybody was excited to get him and uh he just didn't have it you know he, he his rookie year was okay and then he fell off the map uh yeah I, I don't have too many issues with that other than as you said uh, I'd probably put I would put Gilbert number two yep. behind Manziel yeah I, those two guys in the last 20 years to me, are are the two biggest uh, Hall of Shamers. Yeah, and Gilbert was eight, and, and everybody was questioning the pick when it was made. I mean, there was he wasn't even on anybody else's radar that high. So that um, that kind of uh, he just didn't have it. All right. So um, NFL.com has a superstar club, and and we have a couple of guys uh, from the Browns. One coming in and one going out. So Nick Chubb comes in, Ezekiel Elliott goes out uh, from the running back spot, 
And as a wide receiver, A.J. Brown comes in and Odell, Odell Beckham Jr. goes out. Only on the offensive side of the ball, when you add one, you got to take one out. Uh, this is NFL.com Superstar Club. So Chubb replaces Elliott. A.J. Brown replaces Odell Beckham. Uh, I agree with both of them. Yeah, I certainly agree with Chubb. I mean, I, I if I have to gain a, a yard, I want Chubb over Zeke. If I have to gain four yards, I want Chubb over Zeke. Maybe I'd rather have uh, Zeke as a pass catcher, but I feel like Chubb could catch passes uh, as well if he if he needed to. Uh, so I don't have any issues at, uh, at all there. AJ Brown in for Beckham? Yeah, yeah I, you can make uh, make an argument there, make a case there, and, and understand why. Odell is in, is in the same situation, in my mind, that Joe Burrow is, the quarterback of the Bengals, and any other guy who's coming off of major surgery. How are they going to perform post-major surgery? Now, most of the time, these guys are able to respond, especially with modern medicine, and they look as good as new, but you never know until you actually see it. So while we're waiting to see what Beckham looks like after his, you know, torn torn up knee, uh, I'm okay with Brown subbing him in and uh, or subbing in and Odell subbing out. All right. Before I let you go, let's turn our attention <laughs> to the NBA and Team USA. Kevin Love, um, banged up, ops out, not going to Tokyo. I don't think you're terribly surprised. Yeah, I, I shouldn't laugh at Kevin Love's expense, but I, you know what? I, I hate to t- say I told you so, but I told you so. I was on the radio on WTM eleven hundred when the news broke that Kevin Love was on was going to be on Team USA for the Olympics, and my first twenty seconds were dead air because I was speechless. I was like, "What?" Love on Team USA when he couldn't play more than a couple of games last year for the Cavs and once I got to speaking about it I said I'll believe it when I see it in other words I'll believe Kevin Love as a uh, an Olympian again because that he's already got uh, a gold medal in his pocket I'll believe him again as, as and I was proven correct he's out it doesn't shock me at all. We don't know exactly what the issues are, but apparently the calf is acting up. And in one sense, I was sitting there going, why in the world would Kevin Love be allowed to play or would he even want to play for Team USA when he knows that he didn't do anything for the Cavaliers and was injured the vast majority of the season? So wouldn't he want to rest up for the season of the Cavs for which he's paid $30 million. But on the other hand, I thought, okay, if he does go ahead and play for team USA and proves himself to be healthy somehow, then an NBA team could be watching and going, you know what? Maybe we will take a flyer on this guy and take him off. The Cavs because thing to get Kevin love out of Cleveland is good for the development of this team. The D-man, Dennis Maniloff, uh, 
doing 1100 AM uh, WTAM pregame show for the Indians, 106.9 as well, FM. Uh, try pregame and post tonight, Dennis. Uh, yeah, I have a show from 7 to 8.30, then a, uh, a pregame, and then I don't have postgame tonight because they're on the West Coast. But, yeah, busy night tonight, WTM 1100, 106.9 FM. Make sure you listen to him, the D-Man. As always, Dennis, appreciate the time and the insight. Thanks very much. Thank you, Dave. All right, Dennis Maniloff, the D-Man. We're going to step aside, take a quick timeout. On the other side of the break, Spencer Schultz from SB Nation Baltimore Beatdown will be along. We'll talk some Lamar Jackson Ravens and Browns when Sports for CLE continues. Stay with us. Life is starting to get back on track, and you can too. If you or your family have experienced financial hardship as a result of COVID-19, try seeking help with full tuition assistance. Safely get the in-demand degree or training you need with online and on-campus classes. Go to tryc-edu to check out our programs and resources. So what are you waiting for? Register now for summer classes. Tri-C is where futures begin. As the COVID-19 vaccines become available, you might be asking yourself, should I get it? And if I do, will I be able to go about life without putting my family at risk? You've got questions and that's normal. The fact is the vaccines are safe and effective. They're going to save lives. To get the latest on the COVID-19 vaccines, visit GetVaccineAnswers.org because getting back to the moments we miss starts with getting informed. It's up to you. Back to Sports for CLE. I'm Dave Bacon. Uh, we are going to welcome in Spencer Schultz from SB Nation Baltimore Beatdown. Spencer, uh, appreciate the time very much. Uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, Lamar Jackson contract extension. There's some thought here. Is, you know, we're talking about Baker Mayfield getting one as well. There's some thought here that the three guys, Allen, Lamar, and Baker, might be kind of waiting. Nobody wants to really be the first because these things usually work where the first guy gets the less than the second guy, less than the third guy. Is there that kind of thinking um, out in Baltimore with Lamar Jackson as well? I think that the Ravens are waiting to make sure that they have properly treated Lamar Jackson and his contract situation with a very familial aspect. And the Ravens pride themselves on trying to be very open and honest with players, something that John Harbaugh, Ozzie Newsome, now Eric DaCosta over time have hung their hat on as being an honest organization. Eric DaCosta went down to Boynton Beach, Florida, where Lamar Jackson is from. And their first talk was just simply about, where are you from? I would like to see your town, your neighborhood, your family, meet everyone. And, and they want to do it in a family ties sort of way. They've made it 
completely crystal clear that they have no intention of doing anything other than signing Lamar Jackson. So obviously without him having an agent necessarily and having mentors and advisors, he doesn't have an NFLPA certified, you know, agent or mentor or advisor. So it's a little bit of a different situation, but Lamar Jackson has been on the cutting edge of that. He was the first first round pick and the first draft pick to enter the draft without an agent and has uh, had tons of success branding himself, branding himself with Oakley, with his own clothing apparel. So he feels very business savvy. He is in a good place and the Ravens are going to get it done. They want him. They want to try and set it up in a way that is going to make him very happy, is going to make him feel like they're putting their full faith into him. And in terms of Josh Allen and Baker Mayfield, there there is that kind of Mexican standoff at all times where you know somebody's going to have to make the first move and who is it going to be? And I'm sure that the Ravens are happy that Lamar Jackson doesn't have an agent that they have to jump through hoops with necessarily while he does have his own mentors and advisors. So it's uh, an ongoing situation, but it has been made so evident that the Ravens want to get it done quickly. They want to get it done before camp or sometime before the season. So it's inevitable at this point. And overall, it just doesn't feel like there's a ton of pressure on that situation. So the next thing, this shocked me, and I'm guessing you're, you're going to say, yeah, that, that there's no chance of that. Bleacher Report came out with six players most likely to hold out of training camp, and Lamar Jackson was one of them. I saw that, and I'm like, I haven't heard anything even remotely like that. Um, fair to say that probably isn't going to happen. I would say that it's a very, very small possibility, if even possible at all. He's been working out with his receivers, with his teammates. He was present for OTAs. He was present for all of that. He hasn't expressed any inkling of discontent or malcontent. I mean, he's not even into his fifth-year option yet, so it'd be a different story maybe if we're talking about a franchise tag next year and if, hypothetically, the situation did reach the point where the Ravens don't get an extension for Lamar Jackson it reaches next offseason and the talks aren't going well. I would think that might be holdout territory, but I don't find that to be the case. And there's been no signs or any sort of writing on the wall that would indicate Lamar Jackson is unhappy with the Ravens who have publicly stated how much they want him to be their franchise quarterback for a long time. Let's say you touched on it. He's working out with his wide receivers. Is there a sense of excitement around the Ravens with what you guys have done or what the team has done? Um, with the wide receiver position, Sammy Watkins, Bateman, Tylen Wallace. I mean, th- there's a pretty significant um, upgrade. I-, I think, I guess, the only way you can talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. So the first major move, the first domino that fell, and it was a rather big one, was David Cully was wearing two hats as the receivers coach as well as the pass game coordinator working alongside Greg Roman and and what that details, you know, they've never been outward about whether he was doing install or whether he was merely the, the vessel of Greg Roman's passing concepts or what exactly that was. But when he was signed by the Texans as their head coach, the Ravens then split that into two avenues. They brought in a wide receivers coach, T Martin. Uh, You might remember him from his Tennessee days and maybe being drafted ahead of Tom Brady. And he was a, a prolific quarterback for the the volunteers back in the day, but he's had experience with USC. He's worked with Robert Woods and uh, Juju Smith-Schuster and and tons of NFL talent out there. He also worked uh, with South Carolina. So tons of experience there. He's a fresher mind. They think that he's going to bring in an approach of how to deal with this younger receiving core a little bit more so than David Culley, who uh, has been in the NFL for over 20 years. So he's going to be fresh. Then the Ravens also brought on Keith Williams, who is Tyree Kill and Devontae Adams and a litany of other receivers 
personal receiving coach and has been an offensive coordinator in college at the collegiate level. And he is expected to shake things up and get involved with the running backs as well and the entire pass game coordination. So that was the first major piece. Then throughout free agency, there was a lot of discontent and concern about not signing guys like Corey Davis or even Marvin Jones and you know the entire situation that occurred with Juju Smith-Schuster where the Ravens and the Chiefs both offered him more and he stays in Pittsburgh but ultimately they ended up with Sammy Watkins and my perspective on Sammy Watkins was that he is an improvement to maybe a Seth Roberts of 2019 or maybe even a Willie Sneed just in terms of talent while Willie Sneed was a very solid chain moving receiver for the Ravens but Watkins is a guy that can play on the outside, that can play in the slot. But my perspective was he can't be the only move that you make. If he's the only move that you make, it's not enough. And so what do the Ravens do? They go get the glass slipper of kind of the, you know, the Ravens Twitter world and uh, the Ravens nation, Rashad Bateman in the first round, someone who is one of the most complete outside wide receivers that can play X. He's very difficult to press. He's physical. He has a long wingspan, a big catch radius. He, works well at all three levels so someone who's bigger and smoother uh but not you know not as quite large as miles boykin who is a, a pterodactyl of sorts but hasn't been able to get his head on straight in games and hasn't been a consistent target that has drawn the confidence and trust of lamar jackson and then they double down and go get uh best player available in tylen wallace who a couple of years ago right before he tore his acl you're talking about a, a potential first round player who went to mobile and i got the pleasure of seeing and he really shined in the senior bowl and show that he can play in the slot and do some different things. So there is a ton of excitement. This has the potential to be one of the top three, four, and of course, maybe even the best receiving cores in Ravens history. Before we go to a break and, and change folks a little bit, is, is there any concern about the interior offensive line? Whenever you hear um, any type of concern about the Ravens offense, it's, it's kind of that, you know, the center and guards, or is that kind of overblown and, and the Ravens feel a little bit better than, maybe people are hearing outside of Baltimore? Well, last year was an absolute mess, to be honest. They had multiple centers. They tried to draft Tyree Phillips. Well, they did draft Tyree Phillips out of Mississippi State, who had played tackle throughout his life. They want to move him inside. They named him the week one starter, which is very unusual for John Harbaugh teams to have a rookie offensive lineman starting week one. That didn't go well. They brought in DJ Fluker. That didn't go well. Matt Skura comes back from a, a you know the trifecta of knee injuries, ACL, MCL, PCL, and he's rusty, and they had trouble snapping the ball. Ultimately, it boils down to their divisional round loss against the Buffalo Bills. They had snaps on the ground. They had snaps 20 yards you know, behind the offensive line, all over left and right. They had smaller guys as well, sort of finesse players. Now you bring in Kevin Zeitler, a proven behemoth right guard who has been a consistent force in the NFL for a decade, former Cleveland Brown. Browns fans know him very well. They draft Ben Cleveland out of Georgia, who is six foot six, 357 pounds and runs under a five second 40, who can come in and lay some authority. And then they slide their six foot five, 320 pound guard, Bradley Bozeman, into center now. So suddenly they have this hulking behemoth offensive line. They had Alejandro Villanueva, and then you get Ronnie Stanley back, and it's a much more athletic, aggressive, confident offensive line. And as long as Bradley Bozeman can do what he did at Alabama and snap the ball well, the Ravens are in good shape, and they're going to be able to run the ball downhill a lot more than they did last year and get some better pass protection. Spencer Schultz and I are going to step aside, take a quick timeout. On the other side of the break, uh, we'll get Spencer's thought of if this 
Ravens-Browns rivalry is developing and also uh, some thoughts about the Ravens defense. Sports for CLE will be right back. Stay with us. Welcome back to Sports for CLE. We continue talking with Spencer Schultz from SB Nation, Baltimore Beatdown. Spencer, let me ask you this. Do, do you get a sense, uh, the Ravens, Ravens fans, um, consider the Browns now a, a, a legitimate you know, threat in the AFC North? Or is it still yeah, a, absolutely. Or, okay. I think they certainly do. The Steelers are in a weird sort of paradox right now where – Ben Roethlisberger is hanging on by a thread and the Steelers have played the Ravens really well and that rivalry remains intact, but the Browns have firepower. They have an outstanding offensive line. They have a, you know, I think the most important part perhaps of becoming a rival is competing with the Ravens in an analytical sense. The Cleveland front office has done a great job building a entire analytics department that competes with the Ravens. Those are the two largest analytics departments in the NFL. So they have, a formidable offensive line. They have superstars in Miles Garrett. I mean, Odell Beckham, Denzel Ward is a ascending superstar type player when he's healthy. And the Browns are competitive. They uh, weren't able to give the Ravens much of a contest in the beginning of last season in that blowout game in Baltimore. But then you go and have one of the most classic games in the last couple of years, particularly in the regular season, within the division. So that was a high scoring affair, a shootout. And I know that the Browns came out on the wrong side of that one, but you've got to feel good that the Browns were able to put up 40 points there. And that was the the second kind of epic game in the Lamar Jackson, Baker Mayfield saga, dating back to their rookie season, that week 17, basically play in game for the Ravens. And I think that the Ravens absolutely view the Browns as serious contenders. They have a consistent approach. They have really balanced themselves out. They have a physical football team. They can run the ball well, and they're able to build a balanced passing game using a ton of play action and a very accurate deep ball passer in Baker Mayfield. So the Ravens definitely see the Browns as a threat, but the Browns just haven't quite been able to sweep the Ravens one year or, or really take command of it or have a year that kind of puts the Ravens in their place and, and makes it not sort of have that, that slight air of big brother, little brother still. But uh, the, the Browns were able to do that to Pittsburgh in the playoffs last year and completely flip that narrative. So I wouldn't be surprised to see the Browns able to have one of those games this year. Uh, let me ask you this. Uh, Ravens lost a lot on the defensive side as far as pass rushers go. Is that a concern, just um, some of the defections from that defense that was so good for the Ravens? Well, the Ravens are taking a very different approach to rushing the passer. Wink Martindale blitzes more than anyone in the league. He has consistently brought pressure since he took over in 2018. And what Wink has made clear is that he wants to be able to blitz at least 10, if not 11 players at any given time on any play. Sometimes they play some single high, you know, cover one, cover three, and 
someone who's 15 yards off the ball isn't going to be blitzing, but they want to bring the house. And the Ravens have really focused on interior pass rushers in lieu of those, you know, B-list, C-list, Matt Judon, Yannick Ngakwe, kind of good, not great pass rushers. Clayus Campbell they bring in. They also bring in uh, Derek Wolf. They draft Justin Matabuike, who had a great game against the Browns last year. was really able to put up a, a strong effort against Wyatt Teller, who had an outstanding year. And so the Ravens have tried to rush the passer from the inside out, and they ask their outside linebackers now to do what I call the trifecta. That is drop into coverage, be able to blitz, beat up on tight ends, get a little bit of pressure, and hold the edge and stuff the run. So that's why you see them decide to, to pay a guy like Tyus Bowser, who's really strong in coverage and is well-rounded between those three areas over maybe the more expensive Yannick Ngakwe, who can't help you in coverage much and isn't a, isn't a super strong run defender, or Matt Judon, who is kind of similar to Tyus Bowser. You know, you can debate which one's better overall, but commanded three times the money. So they go ahead and draft Odafe away in the first round, and that's a player that they feel can come in and play against the run on first and second down has tons of athleticism and wink martindale wants to get free rushers one of the quotes of the offseason is him saying that sacks are overrated so he wants to get pressure he wants to get free rushers and be able to blitz from all over so they're taking a very different approach to rushing the passer and we'll see how it turns out for them spencer schultz from sb nations baltimore beatdown appreciate the time and the insight spencer hope we can have you on a couple more times uh, great stuff as always and uh, thank you very much that, that was really interesting appreciate it Thank you so much, Dave. I had a wonderful time, and I hope that we get some epic battles between the Browns and the Ravens this year. That should be fun to see. Appreciate it. Thanks very much, Spencer. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Spencer Schultz from SB Nation, Baltimore Beatdown. That'll do it uh, for this edition of Sports for CLE. Scheduled guests Monday. It will be Mary Kay Cabot, Browns beat reporter from The Plain Dealer and Cleveland.com, as well as Tim Bielek, reporter from The Plain Dealer and Cleveland.com. Have a great weekend, everybody. We will see you Monday at 4 here on Sports for CLE.